Okay, Victoria, I'm going to start off with you because I've known you the longest. Um, and we've, we've had this conversation before and we had it uh, last night briefly. Um, Claudio mentioned the uh, 111 shutdown, which for people in the Ontario and GTA ecosystem is a, is a pretty significant blow. But I was speaking with people uh, in Alberta earlier today and they're, they're feeling it as well. 111 was owned and backed by Omers and Oxford Properties, um, which I think adds a level of poignancy uh, to the shutdown. Uh, you and I have talked previously about the importance of nurturing ecosystem at the earliest stages, at the startup level, at the idea stage. Um, in the last 18 months, we've seen significant pr- provincial cuts uh, across the country uh, on innovation. And we've seen the federal support, while consistent, going more to companies at the uh, scale-up stage. You co-founded an organization that, bless you, helped create a startup Sault Ste. Marie, uh, which is my hometown. Uh, And growing up, I would have never imagined that there could be the beginnings of a startup ecosystem in Sault Ste. Marie. I'm wondering if we get your perspective right now on where the, the early stage support is, particularly related to COVID-19 changing everything. Yeah, thanks, Douglas. And it is changing everything. And uh, from the whole startup ecosystem, uh, we're all mourning the loss of 111, but I don't think that uh, this is the end of it. I think I bring a unique perspective I've spent my career at the very early stage of startups. And I think from a national perspective, a Startup Canada perspective, but also in having started a new AI-enabled contact tracing app uh, called safespot.io, once again, we're in the heart of having to connect and foster collaboration in our ecosystem right from Startup Whitehorse and you construct all the way to Fredericton. We're hearing a lot about the strain of COVID on the ecosystem. And I'd like to focus not on the government funded ecosystem, only 8% of entrepreneurs leverage publicly funded accelerators and incubators, but more on the, the mainstream ecosystem with particular emphasis on marginalized entrepreneurs, Indigenous entrepreneurs. I think overall in the public narrative that what we're seeing is that we're told that we're in the same boat. Um, But uh, there was a really great LinkedIn post earlier today that we're in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. And so cultivating that strong grassroots ecosystem from the ground up is so important right now. Where entrepreneurs are turning, they're turning to digital opportunities, but they're they're turning to organizations like Startup Canada, publications like BetaKit. Um, they're calling to action early stage organizations like NACO. It's it's so important that they're coming to us. But the problem that I've identified um, that all of us have shared over the years is that our entrepreneur sector, the early stage entrepreneur sector is volunteer driven, lacks capacity, has been underestimated and under understood. Um, And the focus on scale-ups over the years have left us utterly unprepared, not that we possibly could have been, but there's, there's nothing there. So I guess the one point I'd love to leave on the table as we continue this conversation 
is the importance of having a national entrepreneurship organization for this country that values every entrepreneur, regardless of their industry and their stage of startup and, and values their contribution to the economy, not just in words, but in action. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here to make a stronger ecosystem than we've ever seen before. And it will really take us all working together. So it's a great point. And I want to ask you just one follow-up before I get uh, Benton in on this conversation. You had said something last night that has stuck with me. Um, and I think it's really important to note that often these grassroots early stage organizations fill an economic gap. And I think that's particularly poignant when contrasted with the idea that 111, which was seen by many mm -hmm. as uh, that early stage ecosystem, hub, probably the first touch point that many founders coming mm -hmm. through the GTA had with entrepreneurship um, was essentially cut bait by one of Canada's largest pension funds. I just wanted to have you talk a little bit more about that idea of mm -hmm. filling the economic gap and the idea that it, it is an opportunity for entrepreneurship for everyone. Yeah, certainly. So um, I'm a policy wonk. Uh, I'm actually uh, studying procurement policy right now, so can't wait to hear Angela's remarks. And governments intervene for market failures. That's why governments intervene. And that's why we have regional development agencies that fund market failures in our various economies uh, and different jurisdictions across the country. Uh, 111 was really interesting because it was private sector led, private sector funded. It was privatized from a nonprofit to mm -hmm. a private organization. And so when push came to shove, all of us can understand that, of course, private investors with their own funding need to protect their funds in these times and had to pull out. So we're going to see more and more of this across Canada. Co-working spaces are shutting down. Entrepreneurs are going back to their garages. Uh, we're all we're, we're seeing the ecosystem is done. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is to recognize what's left uh, and where everything went and why it went that way and that a market failure persists. And so, you know, I think the closure is really sad for the community, but I have to applaud Abdullah from the DMZ for stepping up in the ecosystem and welcoming all those entrepreneurs in. Uh, it's about, as you said, Douglas, working together and filling gaps, but we have to understand that there is a severe market failure in our startup ecosystem and that you can't build a scale-up ecosystem without startups. 